Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, happy hump day. Boy, I tell you what, you know, that introduction, that sounds like a heck of a guy. I might have to go meet him. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome to the Information Edge. I am Darren Yancey. I'm your host. The purpose of this show is to talk about things that nobody wants to talk about. Um, There's a lot of hoopla that goes on in the media, uh, what you want to define as, whether it's on the television, on the radio, and there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of chatter, and they talk about what they want to talk about, and they put it in a manner that is designed to basically put you to sleep. What we cover here on the Information Edge are topics that are actually germane to your life in one way or the other. They either impact you legislatively or they impact you in the pocketbook. And a lot of times, if it's legislatively, it hits you in the pocketbook. I spent a lot of time on trucking for a couple of reasons. Number one, I grew up a fan of the American trucker because I had family in it. Uh, I got to do some traveling and and I always felt it was a great, fantastic uh, way to make a living. I got into the insurance side of it about 27 years ago and we became one of the largest truck insurance brokers in the Southwest. And when you, you're in truck insurance, you intimately become aware of what is going on with your clients in terms of the, not just the insurance side, what's happening in freight rates, what's happening in inspections and safety and everything goes through. And in the last decade, we went through what I would call one of the most um, uh, interesting overhauls in trucking. Uh, when we had the Great Recession, a lot of trucking companies were put out of business. And when they started coming back, we started having things change from the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation. They started introducing a lot of stuff during the Obama administration that has really been a burden on truckers. And today we're at a point where we're reaching some elasticities and we've got to get some changes because if we lose the American trucker, we are in deep dog do. And we don't want that to happen. So one of the things that we cover are various things. Today, there's a bill out. It's actually out of the House. Um, It's called H.R. 2474, and it's now in the Senate. It's called the PRO Act. And the PRO Act is effectively, it's designed, the, the, the words are protecting the rights to organize Act of 2019. The reality is labor has been able to organize for a long, long time. Uh, that's how the unions got started. What this bill, in my opinion, and others are, is a design as a way to, if you don't join uh, a union and go through, you're going to be classified out of work. And so what we're going to talk about today is, from a trucking perspective, how this is a very bad bill from trucking, but not just trucking, but overall, a lot of sectors, if you like working for yourself and you don't want to be classified as an employee, there's some very specific tests we're going to talk about. If you don't pass, you're, you're out of luck. With that, I want to introduce uh, two good friends of mine that they do, they're, they're out there making it happen. They're, they're bringing the goods that keep America rolling. That is Lee and Leisha Schmidt. Uh, they also have their own show called Trucking Across America with the Schmitz. And what they do is they share their perspective of what's going on. Uh, the places they visit, uh, the great big country and beautiful country that is the United States of America, what they have to do to make a living, and they share that with us. So I'd like to bring that on. How are you guys doing out on the road today? Hi, Darren. Thanks for having us. Uh, we're just, as you said, delivering the goods. So, all right, what is the load for today? Today we have stuff that we picked up for shipbuilding out of Sturgeon Bay, a uh, belly plow for a county truck up here in Michigan and some silicon for AK steel. Okay. So it's just a bunch of three different things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, so does this require your, uh, your, your big long trailer or is this something that you're doing with a normal trailer? Uh, we actually have all this stuck inside a Conestoga RGN. It was okay. just a fill load to get me back over to Michigan. Okay. Well, let's dive into um, the, the PRO Act. Now, the PRO Act is, is what I would call the federal child 
uh, of California's AB5 law, which came out a couple of years ago, and it was the, it, and it was sold as a way to help gig the gig economy um, by by basically they felt that corporations were taking advantage of certain segments of the economy that were providing goods and services, but were not getting the benefits of being classified an employee. Vis-a-vis, they were not having taxes withheld. They were not getting benefits. And that's one side of the story. When that law was passed, uh, it took a lot of sectors and basically kind of put them out of business because there was no way. There's been a lot of hullabaloo on that. But AB5 is, is, is the blueprint for what we're seeing right now. Now, Lisa, I'm going to turn this over to you. We, we know what's going to happen if it goes through, but we need to let people know. We've got a large audience here of what are some of the nuts and bolts of the bill, where are the catch-alls, and what happens if this goes through to truckers? The majority of owner-operators do not have their own authority. They're leased on with another carrier. classifies us as an independent carrier. If this bill goes through the way it's worded, it says that the ABC prong, the test that you were talking about, one of them is you cannot work for a carrier that has the same kind of business that you do. So that means we won't be leased on with another carrier. We'll literally become employees. And nobody knows how that works. A lot of people, you know, we chose to be independent operators because we don't want to be employees. Right. Control of our business, name our own hours, name our own rates, name our own freight. You know, as an employee, you can't do that. Well, and I, so you guys are classified as independent contractors. What that, you explained what that means. Now, the biggest thing that concerns me is not joining a union, but being classified as an employee, basically it's under the segment, the section B uh, determinant factor, correct? Yes. The B prong. Can, Mm -hmm. Can you go into detail on what that B prong is? The B prong is that you can't become an independent carrier under someone that has the same business that you do. In other words, a carrier cannot hire independent contractors that are also truck drivers because they're a trucking business. So if that comes out and came out to, and, and let's say it passes the Senate, Biden signs off on it, it becomes law. Short of a lawsuit coming out and challenging the legitimacy or its uh, constitutionality, that effectively could wipe out how many truck drivers? Um, the last figure I heard was 57 million independent contractors, and I don't think that's all truck drivers. I think that's, you know, across the board. We've been trying to find a, an exact number, and it's, it's hard to put your finger on because it changes so quickly. Well, the numbers that I've that I've calculated, basically looking at, you know, if you take, we know there's at least two to two and a half million truck drivers on the American road. Um, you've got last mile, you got people in energy and concrete. I think long haul, it would be conservative to say five hundred to seven hundred thousand, um, and that probably is light. And a majority of those are going to be independent contractors. So. We could feasibly be talking about putting 500,000 people out of work. Well, and then you lose the effects that has on the freight chain, freight supply chain too. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's what people have to understand is number one, there's the, there's not going to be some huge employer out there that's going to want to bring all these people in and pay them benefits and pay their payroll taxes for. So it's a misnomer that it's going to, improve employment. That's just not there. Um, Secondly, if we lose all of these truckers that are out there moving these goods and services, guess what? You you don't get bread and milk at the grocery store. You don't get gas delivered by uh, the companies that move that. In essence, so many people in trucking get wiped out overnight. And I think that's, there's an economic disaster effect to that. Have you guys been talking with OIDA and other other uh, consortiums on getting with the members of the Senate to try to talk some sense into them before this thing could get out? Oh, we're all hitting them hard and heavy. OIDA is too. And one of the things that people don't understand is even if we were all employees and joined a union and tried to organize, we don't get to organize and 
even strike for rates for higher prices because that's against the antitrust laws. So it's it's a catch-22 on us, truck drivers. Okay. Well, that's that's one of the big issues that we've, we've got to face right now. I know you guys are part of are part of OIDA now, and OIDA for the for those listening that don't understand what that is, that's the Owner Operators Independent Drivers Association, and that is the association that is the largest and represents the independent contractor that's out there driving. Um, what legislative initiatives are you seeing coming out of OIDA in terms of boots on the ground talking with these senators? Oh, they've written all kinds of letters to every senator and then a general, big general one, how they're against it. The problem is, is nobody, not even the re- the representatives and senators, know what this means and how it's going to work. Same as the California AB5 bill. You know, if you read the wording of this bill, the very first line is this bill amends the National Labor Relations Board Act, which is the one that governs all the things that unions and employers can do. So reality, common sense tells us if that Labor Relations Act doesn't affect you now, it won't affect you after this bill is passed. The one thing that we're real concerned with, and and Oida shares this because we've discussed it with them, is if this legislation does pass, that B-prong has passed legislation. The IRS uses a different test to determine if you're an independent contractor let's let's hold let's hold that thought because we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and get into that specifically all right folks you're listening to the information edge podcast with darren yancey by the way this is a live show if you'd like to participate in the process you can give us a call at 866-472-5788 we're going to take a quick break and we will be back just around the corner Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back. We are discussing the PRO Act today and its impact on many classes, but we're taking a focus on the trucker perspective because we have Lee and Lisa Schmidt from Trucking Across America with the Schmitz, both on uh, online with Zoom as well as on the call-in line because we were having a little fuzz on the last one. Last topic we left before we took the break was getting into the test of what makes an, an employee an employee versus an independent contractor. 
Um, the IRS has had rules for a long, long period of time that have been out there that have been kind of the standard that if you if you do these things, you can't be considered an independent contractor. You've got to be considered an employee. The PRO Act has come out with a determining prong, but it's different. Is that correct, Lisa? Yeah, their B prong is totally different than the IRS, and that is that um, you can't work for, can't become an independent contractor for another carrier that does the same business as you. So that means, let's say, uh, if I'm a if I'm a doctor working for a hospital, if I'm not an employee, they're gonna they're gonna have to make me an employee, or they're gonna have to eighty six it. Right. Well, and that's the concern with all the independent contractors. Like I've been working really hard with the freelance writers, you know, mm-hmm. and at that point in time, they're not going to want to work with independent contractors whatsoever because then they don't want to pay the taxes. No, it's well, it's taxes and benefits. And, you know, I think that's the thing. Look, independent contractors exist for a reason. It's, it's one of the ways that you can have your freedom um, in working in the United States. Uh, you get to deduct your expenses as you go through and lower your taxable effect. Yeah, you can go out and buy all the things that, that you, you know, I'm an independent contractor. My own companies, I have my own stuff and I deduct those costs. I pay for my own insurance, but you know what? I take it off any earnings that I make to reduce my taxable liability. So there's there's a benefit for it. Now it's not for everybody. Um, there's people that just they 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 don't know how to set aside for taxes. They don't know how to do the accounting. And if you mention independent contractor, they just start their eyes roll back in their head and they start babbling. But for a lot of people, and you threw out the number fifty seven million. Okay, that's a huge chunk of the American workforce. And <laughs> if, if all of a sudden they don't pass that B prong test, and I think a lot of them won't, that's scary. Right. Well, even through the pandemic, it's allowed people to continue to work from their home. You know, independent contractor is a choice. The government is acting like we're getting hurt by being independent contractors. No, we choose to be independent. You know, if I wanted to work for somebody else, I would just go sell my truck and go drive their truck. You know, that's, this is a choice for us. Now, what have you heard from the other side of the aisle that put the bill together? What the reasonings for, obviously, we know they, they ballparked it against AB5. But have you heard any other reasons that they're putting out as why they felt it was necessary to introduce this bill at this time? Well, it's about protecting the employees and making sure that they can all collective bargain and and the big nasty employers can't take advantage of them. And, you know, apparently only unions can, can help us do that. You know, apparently we aren't allowed to talk to our employer and ask for better wages on our own unless we belong to a union. I think that's the bottom line goal is to get more members to the union. You know, Amazon's got a big fight with unions right now. Does an employer have a right not to have a union? You know, I guess that's between him and his employees. Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Um, unions are positive and negative. Obviously, let's, let's give the credit where the credit's due. The unions that were formed back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s were the backbone. They did, and, and let's be blunt, there were some abuses at that time. They were the backbone of what became the American middle class, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. I think the challenge that we started to see as unions evolved was not the rank and file membership, but some of the leaders that we saw coming out of unions that just didn't match up with realities of America. Uh, it got into too many uh, negotiations, and unfortunately, you know, people could say, "Hey, we felt we're being held hostage." And it was the beginning of the breakup of that, that American labor. We saw a lot of folks start. That's, that's when we started seeing outsourcing of American jobs. And if you'll remember correctly, were you guys trucking when, uh, when they deregulated trucking? No. Well, my husband probably was in his early stages, but I was nowhere around. I've had to okay. learn all that secondhand. Yeah, because the, when, when trucking was regulated, it was really it was a whole different animal. Um, from what it is now. And at that time, the AFL-CIO, which was the union for truckers, I think was probably the most powerful union on the, on the planet. 
I mean, there was no question. They, they, they wielded a big stick. Um, and I think deregulation obviously changed all that. Um, I mean, they're a force. I, I don't know how much of a force. They're still a force. But, you know, you look at the number of independent uh, contractors and truckers out there, they don't have a big chunk of those drivers. And I'm trying to think of, okay, if you pass this bill, there's got to be some expectation. Okay, if all of a sudden I'm no longer an independent contractor, I'm an employer, are you going to provide me a job that pays me where I net out as, as much or more than I had before? I'm not hearing any discussions about that. Are you? No. Uh-uh. And, and people forget it's not always about the money. It's about the freedom to choose, right. you know, when I want to work, when I want to go home, where I want to haul. You know, there's states we don't choose to haul to. You know, I don't want to be forced to go to those states by being an employee. And the Teamsters now represent a good amount of employee truck drivers, say for UPS, I think FedEx. And one of the things that they're trying to bring about with this PRO Act is, let's just say all of the union employees at, at UPS decided to strike. Now UPS will not be able to bring in independent contractors to cover that freight while the union's on strike. So those independent contractors would be classified as employees and get to partake in the union aspect of the job. Do, are, are there any independent contractors the Teamsters represent? No, they only represent employees. Okay, that's okay. I just want to clarify. That's what I was thinking. I want to be sure. And then you know what? That's a very key important thing because look, labor and management from time to time, they're going to butt heads. Um, right, right. I, it, usually it's especially when the economy's good. And, and labor's getting their butt worked off, and they're going, hey, look, are you either breaking hours? Or I need more pay, or I need to, I'm breaking down. And, you know, that's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You just hit a key point. If they get into negotiations that end up going into a strike, which they have the right to do under uh, the NLRB and as far as all those negotiations, you're talking about a complete shutdown. In essence, what this is is a huge transfer of negotiating power to unions. Right. Am I, am well, I missing something here? No, you're not. The bill also includes rules for employers. You know, they can't even have a meeting to see how they can keep a union out of their place anymore. The bill is packed with those kinds of things against employers. And here's the you know, funniest. So anybody. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please. Go ahead. Anybody that that isn't affected by unions now shouldn't be affected by the bill, but if you have unions at your at your employee, if you're the employer, you know, this is a bill you don't want to see pass. Right, right. Well, I think a lot of people just don't understand you know, you, you what we just we just hit on something that's a very very key thing. And I understand, I'm not I'm, I'm not an anti-union guy. Okay, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I if if you want to go that route, um, we, my sons had looked into some union trades. It would have been good for them. I had no problem with it. I just don't want here. The challenge I see right now with unions is we've got, for example, okay, the teachers' unions, and I'm just going to pick on some things for a second. I don't have a problem with with the teachers being a union on one hand, but when they're using that unionization leverage to stop and not go in and teach kids while they're getting paid, I got a problem with that. And so we're, we're, we're in some real dicey times here where some of the key, key labor segments, let's be honest, uh, and I think we're going to get into this as we continue on in the show. Right now, the PRO Act, in my opinion, I think it's window dressing. Because ultimately, you and I both know some of the big areas that would benefit from this, they don't plan on them having a long shelf life to begin with. One of the things that's in this bill is it's going to get rid of the right to work states. There's 27 states now that you don't have to join the union if there's a union already there. Using the teachers as an example, we live in Wisconsin. Uh, under Scott Walker, we passed the Act 10, which is our right to work, makes us a right to work state. So any right. school teacher going into a school isn't forced to join that union and pay the dues. 
so, you know, they actually make more money. And a lot of the schools in Wisconsin now have more money in their pockets than they did when it was forced to be unions. And they have better insurance. So I don't think there's, I think these states are going to end up fighting this bill, too. Because they're not going to, like the federal government, telling them, oh, you cannot be a right-to-work yeah. state. Oh, there's no question. I, don't, I think you're going to see people fight it tooth and nail. I'm not certain that it gets out of the Senate. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of pressure um, to, for all the Democrats to, to, to lockstep. I think there's a few senators that might vote against it. Um, if they have, if the filibuster stays in place, I don't think there's any way it gets 60 votes. And we come back, we're going to get into some of the more ramifications of this. Folks, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. You're on the Voice America Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, I want to get into a little housekeeping before we get back to uh, talking with our guests, uh, Lisa and Lee Schmidt of Trucking Across America with the Schmitz. First off, uh you can go to my website every day at informationedge.net. You can see some of the show topics, the links that we have to government resources. It's, a, it's really a good resource site. If you, if you want to keep the government on its toes and know what's going on, I've set up all the links to go in all the committees, whether it is U.S. House, whether it's U.S. Senate, whether it's your state's key federal uh, links. So it's all there. Uh, the podcast review, the blog that I do, and, I, and I'm going to be updating the blog again this week. I'm, I'm only doing the blog about once a month just because between podcast and broadcast and other things I'm doing, there's only so much time. You can follow me on Twitter, Gab, and Parlor at DGYancey65. You can find me on Facebook at The Information Edge. And as far as my guests, you can find them on both Twitter and Facebook at under trucking across America with the Smiths. Now, Lisa, you wanted to get back to um, the prong test. And, guys, it's real important when you're listening out there because, again, there's 57 million of you that could, could be adversely impacted by this. There's one test the IRS uses, and now we've got a different test that, the, that this act would use that could classify you. Lisa, why don't you expand on uh, the, the issue there? One of the 
this bill has the ABC test in it, which, like you said, the IRS has their own test. And OIDA has these same concerns that even if this bill passes and doesn't affect us now, what will happen is this ABC test has already passed through federal legislature. So that means it's floating around up there in the government. So IRS could at any point decide, hey, let's use this other ABC test to determine independent contractors. If this, if that were to happen, there would be no more such thing as an independent contractor for tax purposes. You would be classified as an employee. So let's just say you, you had your services with ABC, with, let's not use ABC, uh, this trucking company, that trucking company would would make you an employee and have to pay taxes on you. Now, this next load, you haul for a different trucking company. Now, you've got a different trucking company that has to pay taxes on you and hire you as an employee. And it just, it would not work. It would fall apart all across this whole country. Which brings up to, let's, let's, let's play a little what if. Let's, let's do some worst case scenario here. Um, it becomes law. It's not challenged immediately. It, it gets into the marketplace and it has impact. Um, what could Americans expect the response to be from independent contractors in the trucking industry? You'll have a few that'll go and sell their truck and become an employee. You'll have a few that go back to the old way, which was you got to check for your truck and you got to check as a driver. But the majority of independent contractors that choose to be independent will literally take their truck and park it and sell it. And so you'll have a huge, they're already claiming there's a driver shortage now, so they'll be freight sitting on the docks at that point that won't be delivered to your local store. So there'll be a lot of empty shelves, and it could be anywhere from, you know, your lawnmowers to your milk. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the repercussion of that. And folks, and we're not, we're not trying to be fear mongers here, but a lot of times when these legislative pieces come through, they are not thought through. They do not think of the consequences of the actions when a bill is passed. They're trying to satisfy a constituency because they made some ridiculous promise that they can't keep. But what Lisa just said there, you, you need to take to heart. So let's say 500,000 people that are trucking just say, we're not going to do this. We're going to go do something else. What that does is that takes that ability to deliver those goods and process goods and services and products out of the supply chain. So let's say you're delivering a million gallons of milk a day. Now that's a low number, but I'm gonna throw that out there. That means it goes from a million gallons of milk a day to maybe, I don't know, 300,000 gallons of milk a day. Instead of getting 100,000 tanker truck fulls of gasoline to the pumps once a week. Maybe they only get 10,000. So the laws of go ahead. The cost of shipping those goods are going to go through the roof too because the people are going to know, hey, if if you want me to haul it, you're going to pay higher rates, which will transfer to the consumer in, in their cost of goods. Dramatically, because again, if we're not moving as many goods, here's what's going to happen from an economic standpoint. There's this thing called the law of supply and demand, and it, it, it bears out in every situation. That means we got less coming in and we got the same number of people that need those goods. So there is but one solution in that situation. Prices go up dramatically. How much dramatically? I don't know. You could be looking at $6 a gallon milk um, if you can get it. You can be looking at five to six dollar uh, loaf for bread if you can get it. So we're talking some very severe, dramatic impacts because of a bill that was designed to basically pay off a constituency, the unions. Which, you know, I it's I'm still surprised the unions still have any faith at all in this particular administration. Considering if you worked on a pipeline and you were unionized, you lost your job. Day one when Mr. Biden came in and signed an executive order. So I don't know why they've got any faith and would even consider supporting this bill. So here's my question from we we hit on it a little bit. How hard are all of the independent contractor associations and trucking associations? 
how hard are they talking to the members of, of the Senate? And are they focusing on the Democratic side? I don't think you're going to have a lot of problem with the Republican side, but are they focusing on the Democrat side? That's where they got to get the votes from. Right. I haven't heard if ATA has any kind of a public statement out or has been contacting. I know OIDA has. I've talked with them. You know, they're, they're up in D.C. They're working with these guys. Um, but ATA is American Trucking Association, which represents the mega carriers. Carriers like Landstar have 100% owner-operators. Correct. They took a big hit with the California AB5 before the truckers were exempt. They literally told their independent contractors, you have to move out of California if you want to continue to work for us. You know, plus, we know that a lot of the mega carriers encourage encourage, um, rope their drivers into getting a lease purchase, which is, in essence, an independent contractor because you own that truck. So that model would disappear. So in addition to the independent carriers that are out here, you know, you have all the people that think they want to become an owner operator and a lease purchase. That goes away, too. And if that goes away, there's another... There's another segment of the economy that gets impacted by this. I don't know how many trucks and trailers are done under this uh, arrangement, but there's a significant amount. So if they're not- A lot of the port drivers. A lot of the port drivers do that. Yeah. So, I mean, this this has very, very negative economic ramifications um, for the nation. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing really positive I think you can say for this bill. you know, no. I try to glean. I try to glean positive things out of any bill. Uh, I even found a few good things in HR one, for which, for the most part, ninety nine percent of it's garbage. Um, I, I think you got to look at the Pro Act as a political payoff that n- no one is thinking through. So many unintended consequences. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, we're used to that kind of thing in the trucking industry, but this is all that's coming out of our governments anymore. Well, and I guess there's, 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 we know the prior administration was more truck friendly than the current one. So yes. talk with me on what's the general sentiment right now in the trucking industry with what is happening at the federal level with everything that they see coming out, because a lot of the legislation we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about a huge infrastructure bill that is really designed to take things from uh, internal combustion to electric that would impact truckers. Um, We're talking about more legislation in terms of the side skirts and and all the stuff. What's the general, the general feeling in the trucking industry right now? Well, obviously the fuel prices going up has, has given us a little hit. Um, This infrastructure bill is is going to be nasty. You know, if they require our insurance raise, as you said, the side skirts, now they're talking automatic electronic braking on all trucks, which anything in the trucking industry, there's never a one-size-fits-all. You know, automatic electronic brakes may be good in certain situations, but, you know, we do oversize occasionally, and that would not work for us. Um yeah, we're, we're all in a, in a holding pattern right now, nervous as heck as to what's going to happen with this. The fuel tax increase has been touted by the ATA. They want 20 cents more a gallon on the federal level. I don't know if that's in this bill, but there's got to be. I saw today that Biden's talking about raising corporate taxes to pay for this. I just don't see that doing it, but, you know, we'll see. Well, I know this. One of the discussions, and, and I started sniffing around this a couple of years ago, and I, I'm convinced that we're probably going to see this bill come out in the infrastructure bill, especially, look, one of the things that was introduced today that was the, the parking bill that's looking for $755 million. And, and you know what? It, it's needed. It really is needed. Um, and that's something that's, that's spending I, I can approve and I can get behind whatever measure on that. But there's a whole lot of stuff that's going to come out in this bill that's not going to be there. And basically, everything that I see coming out of infrastructure is it's designed to prepare and roll out um, what is going to be the next Green New Deal. Um, the first one fell on its face two years ago. 
I think they're going to roll out infrastructures, how they're going to implement and will be the driving force behind whatever they want to do from an energy standpoint. And paying for it is going to hit every sector of the economy out there. And I don't think it's there's any, going to be any type of comprehensive study on impact or collateral damage. I think it's hell or high water. And uh, we'll talk about that briefly when we come back because we're going to be in the last segment. All right, folks, it's getting close to time. Take a quick break here, then we'll wrap up the show. By the way, this is a live show. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call us at 866-472-5788. It's 866-472-5788. If you've got a question or a comment, uh, we'd love to have you call in because part of this is this is for you. If uh, you're participating, that's great. I do get a lot of emails from folks, and I do appreciate that stuff. But we're going to take a quick break right now. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is Lisa and Lee Schmidt from Trucking Across America with the Schmitz. We're going to do a station identification, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back. As a reminder, this is a live show, 866-472-5788. If you want to be a part of the conversation with me today, Lee and Lisa Schmidt from Trucking Across America with the Schmitz. We've been talking about the PRO Act. We're going to get off track from that topic just a smidge, although it's very related to it. Talk a little infrastructure because we want you to understand of something that's being proposed on how to pay for various things, and it is coming your way, and that's called a vehicle miles tax. Um, the gentleman that's running the U.S. Department of Transportation Secretary, don't worry, call me Pete Buttigieg. Uh, God, I can't look at him and not laugh. This, this man is proposing the vehicle miles tax. It's actually been discussed for a while. The trucking industry has been dealing with this for a long period of time and what's called a fuel tax report. And with that, I would like you guys to describe what a fuel tax report is so that our listeners can get an idea of what potentially is coming. Okay. What we do every quarter is we have to report all the miles traveled in every state and then every gallon of fuel we purchase in every state we go through. Say, for instance, Wisconsin. I'm based in Wisconsin. They have a high tax rate. I buy a lot of fuel there. That would carry over into a state like Iowa 
that there's not as much tax. So if you buy enough fuel there, it transfers over to that state. And what we do is they just, the government just takes our word for how many miles we say we travel and how much fuel we purchase. That's right. Although I, you know, I forgot the, the ELD was supposed to eliminate that, uh, have an integration and it didn't. And the ELD, by the way, for our listeners stands for electronic logging device. Um, and that's something that was introduced as an unfunded mandate during the Obama administration and has been not only a, an additional cost burden, but many, tr- most truckers I talk with today look at it as a, as a time clock that they're forced to respond to. And I think it's impacted safety as do a lot of folks. So if they go that route, to fund infrastructure. Um, you brought up a good point during break. How are they gonna do it without violating uh, privacy? Why don't y'all share, give me your opinions, I'll share it when, share it with you mine. Well, we truck drivers are tracked with our ELD and some, some carriers do use their ELD to determine their IFTA miles and we do not. Um, so we still write it down at, on a piece of paper to keep track and then add it up at the end of the quarter. But we're tracked everywhere we go, whether we're under a load or on our personal time. You know, and I know that Oregon is working on this right now. And there's a, a gadget that they make for that that you can buy. And I contacted them. I said, how do you deal with this? You know, you're tracking citizens, which is totally unconstitutional. And they're like, well, we can do it without the GPS. So it apparently must just read your odometer and tell how many miles you drive, which is cool until you get to state lines and different states have different amounts of taxes. And now you've got to determine your location. You have to know what state you're in, which is what we do for the IFTA. Um, you know, again, tracking a citizen of the United States has been deemed unconstitutional hundreds of times, but yet truck drivers are tracked on a daily basis. And I honestly don't have a problem with it when we're under a load and we're actually carrying something but when we deliver that load that's our personal time so now i'm just a normal citizen like you i should not be tracked but we are well you know what that brings up a good point and i guess my question is how come there hasn't been a constitutional challenge to those devices we have tried and I brought it up, and I've also pointed out when we sat met with that Senator Cruz that uh, Supreme Court ruled you can't track track a sex offender. Um, I've brought it up to an attorney that said the way I mentioned it, they had not brought it up in front of court yet, and that might be a way to get it done. Yeah, because I mean, so that's it, it, where look, we're at. The the question is going to be: Look, if you are obviously if you're an employee for a large corporation and you're, tra- and you're using their equipment, they have a right to do it. But if you're an independent contractor, then there's got to be rules of how it's done, how it's not done. I think the only way to do a vehicle miles tax and not get into the issue of privacy is through state inspection. Basically, when you go in and do your state inspection, it, they're going to base it on what your miles were the year before when your car was inspected and they're going to base it on what the, the miles are where your car is when you go in and get your renewal inspection. And that's the only way I can think of to avoid privacy issues because there's nothing else where you're not talking some type of device. It does bring into case, you know, how, how, how defined do they want it? And then when they throw out a vehicle miles tax, how many states are going to say, hey, are you replacing the fuel tax? Because if you're replacing the fuel tax, then we need our charge in there as well. And then it gets into what you're talking about, reporting on each state line. I mean, this could become a national conundrum that I just don't think people are going to do. And are they going to get rid of IFTA? If we're paying IFTA, do we have to still pay the VMT tax? If they're going to do the VMT, then are you going to get rid of IFTA? You know, otherwise we're getting taxed twice to do the same thing. But um, a quick note I wanted to bring up, the ELD was used, supposed to be able to keep track of our hours of service. That's the big violation. Right. But yet in MAP 21 is when it was put in that they had to know our location. Because if you just want to know hours of service, that's a piece of cake. You can have the machine set up the way it is and it'll kick on when you drive. Why do you need to know my location? Right. 
Well, they want to be sure you're they want to be sure you're on track to deliver on time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the government cares. <laughs> no, it's a good point. It's an excellent point. I mean, this these are things that, um, in my opinion, and in the opinion of others, that they're erosions of our rights. And if we don't, if, if somebody doesn't say something about it, they'll have a camera in every orifice that they can stick one in, have it recorded live and run on YouTube. So if you uh, belch, fart, or sneeze, they know about it. And you know what? That's not what America's about. So these are things that we have to take back. Unfortunately, to take these things back, it takes involvement. So if you are listening to this today and you're going, okay, I don't like the sound of this PRO Act. How do I get involved? How do I make a difference? Um, first off, Lisa, what is there something that the average citizen can do short of just contacting uh, senators on the on a committee? And if that's it, what committee do they need to contact? I believe it's the Transportation Committee in the Senate. Um, Commerce Committee. It's the Commerce Committee in the Senate. But contacting your senator will help, too, because they all need to hear it. They all need the numbers of people uprising against this bill. So there's the key thing. Right now, it's out of the House. It means that you, you can call them all the ones. They've already passed it on. It's got to go to the U.S. Senate. Now, if you go to my site, Information Edge, go to Government Sites, Go to the congressional site links, do the drop down to the U.S. Senate, and you will find down there you have the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. So you can contact the members on that committee. And by the way, anytime you're contacting an elected official, doesn't matter what level, if it's municipal, if it's county, state, or federal, you do it with utmost respect because if, if, you, if you go in and you trash them, they're just going to hang up on you. So do it with respect. Um, appeal to the logic of, of, of what it is you're trying to do. And as far as contacting your senator, obviously there's ways to do that. If you want to contact every senator that's out there, the link, if you just go instead of going to the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, just go up to the United States Senate. I've got all the members of the Senate. You can click right there and you can contact them either via phone or email. Hey, folks, it has been great having you. Listen, uh, I, I enjoy whenever every time we get a chance to talk. Um, I want you guys to be careful out on the road and, uh, you know, don't jackknife, don't uh, lose any loads, make as much money as you can, take as much time off as you can, and uh, let's stay in contact. What do you say? Sure thing. Thanks for having us. All right. Folks, that's been Lee and Lisa Schmidt from Trucking Across America with the Schmitz my personal friends and people we want to stay in contact with. This has been the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. I'm your host. I hope you've enjoyed the information that we bring today. Again, this show's live every week from 3 to 4 Central. You can also catch me live each Friday on the Automotive Edge radio show and Truck Talk on iHeart. The way you find out about those, go to the informationedge.net in the upper right-hand corner. It'll tell you which show I'm on on Wednesdays. We're on Voice America, and on Thursdays, we do nothing, and on Fridays, we're back online with iHeart. You stay safe, keep driving, and the way you'll be back next week, don't text while you drive. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then. 